have a message for someone here this morning. It's a very brief message. And it is tied to the last verse of the song we just sang. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. And I think many of us don't realize that nothing compares to the promise that we have in him. We have a promise in him. It's an eternal promise. It's a promise that no man can change or alter. But it's one that calls us to be faithful unto. It's one that requires that we are faithful unto this God. The topic of our discussion this morning is, it is not too late. Amen. Tell somebody it is not too late. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 6. Matthew chapter 20, I read from verse 6. Matthew chapter 20, I read from verse 6. If you are there, shout hallelujah. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? They said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers, give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. When they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe many of us know that story. It's a man that has a vineyard. He wanted to, uh, uh, he needed laborers in his vineyard. And from the first, from very early in the morning, from 6 a.m., he began to go out to bring people into the vineyard to work for him. He was there at 6 a.m., at 9 a.m., at 12 noon, and then at the 11th hour, which is about 5 p.m., they were going to close at 6 p.m. At 5 p.m., he still went out and said, why are you guys still standing here? And he said, because nobody has hired us. He said, come. I'll give you work to do. And they went with him into the vineyard. He gave them work to do. They worked for how long? One hour. One hour. In fact, less than one hour. They worked for less than one hour. When it was time to pay them, I'm sure they expected to be paid something commensurate with the labor they had put in. But he gave them the same wage that they had agreed with those that started work early in the morning. And so those that started early were expecting, oh, if he could give these ones one, I mean, one, what is it? One penny. A penny, like he agreed with us, then we should be expecting maybe what? One penny times. 12, is it, is 12 pennies, is that correct? 12 pennies. <laughs> oh, 12 pennies, whatever it is. Yes. But when he came, he said, we had an agreement. And the agreement was for one. And I'm giving you what I agreed with you. Now, I said, the message of this morning is one that says, it is not too late. But it can be too late. Amen? Amen. These brethren were hired at the 11th hour. They came. 
But they were hired at the 11th hour because they stood there all day long. Is that not so? They had been there since morning. It's just that nobody said unto them, come into my vineyard. It's not that it was at 4.30 that they said, oh, let's go and see if anybody will give us a job. No. They had been there all along. But when the opportunity came for them to serve, they jumped for it and they were richly rewarded. And I pray for someone here today, you will not miss your reward. Amen. I say you will not miss your reward. Amen. There is a young man in the Bible called Reuben. And I'm sure we all know his story. In Genesis chapter 29 verse 32. Genesis 29 verse 32. The Bible says, And Leah conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. We know the story of Leah very well. She wasn't the woman that Jacob wanted to marry. Who was Jacob in love with? But somehow, the father of Leah and Rachel decided that Leah must go first. And since no other man was as shown up, Leah would be married to who? To Jacob. So Jacob was not really, I mean, he wasn't in love with her, but he had to take her for a wife. He had no choice. And so when she had her firstborn, she was excited that yes, now I have, either this man loves me or not, I have a, a son for him. And this boy is his first, is his first son. So she made a pronouncement. She said, surely God has looked upon my affliction. So my husband will love me. And she called his name Reuben. And truly, her husband had no choice but to take that boy in as his first son. But that boy did something that ought not to be done. That's what I'm saying. It is not too late, but it could be too late. I pray for you this morning. It will not be too late for you. Amen. I said it will not be too late for you. Because the message that God has given me this morning is a warning to somebody. I don't know who that person is. But it's a warning to you that it is not too late if you make up your mind today. But if you refuse to make up your mind, it could what? It could be too late. Look at what happened to, to, to Reuben. The Bible says in Genesis 35 verse 22. Genesis 35 verse 22. It came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. And Israel had it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. Reuben went and lay with his father's concubine. His father heard about it, but did he do anything about it? The Bible says Israel had it. The, the Bible said that he did anything at that point in time. No. He just had it, and we are told that he had 12 sons. That was it. But the man had in his mind what he would do. And he waited until it was, until it was too late for Reuben to repent. Jacob waited until a point that Reuben could no longer say, I repent. Jacob waited until Reuben could no longer beg for forgiveness. Are you with me this morning? Reuben sinned against his father. The moment he sinned, what, what should he have done? His father heard about it. 
he should go to the father like the prodigal son. He took his father's resources, wasted them, but one day he came to himself in Luke chapter 15. He said, what am I doing here? The servants in my father's house are eating better than me. Here I am, the son of a rich man. Even the food I'm giving to swine. If I want to eat, I cannot even eat it. That was the situation of Reuben. But Reuben cleaned his mouth as if he had done nothing wrong. And that's what many of us are doing. When you should come back to God and say, Lord, I am sorry for what I have done wrong. Because we still call you bro. Because we still call you a sister. And you think because pastor does not know, God is happy with the situation. I pray for you again. It will not be too late for you. Amen. Reuben ought to have gone to his father and asked for forgiveness, but he refused. I don't know if he knew that his father was aware of what he had done. You know, there are many things we do in secret. Things we do in darkness. Things we think that are known only to us. But the Bible says there's someone who sees well. He sees in secret. And how does he reward? He rewards openly. He rewards openly. On the day that Jacob was going to make his pronouncement upon Reuben, all his brethren were there. All his brothers were there. There was no hiding place. Jacob waited until he got to what I call the gate of death. Brethren, the gate of death is a gate of no return. It's a gate of what? It's a gate of no return. It's a gate that once pronouncement is released, there's no going back. Ajayi Vasya shared one uh, a testimony. He still I mentioned that story this morning of a couple. They were very close to him, very close couple to him. And then one day, the man brought the wife to the camp. And what what was happening? The woman was in coma. And the moment he saw them, he said, ah, no, I know my father. I trust my father. This woman is a simple case. This woman will come back to life. And he said he laid his hands upon her. And what happened? He could feel the anointing flowing from his hand onto her head. And the moment he touched her head, what happened? The anointing flew back. It came back. And he went and laid down on the altar and said, Father, have mercy. She cannot die. These people are my partners. They are working with me in ministry. Things must change. He went back again. He laid his hands on her. The same thing happened. He, he felt the power of God flowing from him onto her. The power that should have lifted her up. And the Lord spoke to him. The Lord said, don't waste your time. She will die. Remember at this point in time she was in coma. If then he prayed that, okay Lord, let her come back to that so that I can do what? I can lead her to Christ before she dies. What did God say? See, I've given her many chances. I have warned her. But she refused to listen. It's too late. He said, he ran back to the altar again and said, Lord, have mercy. You are a God of mercy. By the time he got back to where she was lying, what happened? She was dead. It was too late for her. It will not be too late for you. That is what is called the gate of death. The gate of death. Once you get to that point, except God intervenes. And brethren, 
Intervention is little. And I know that's why God wants, um, wants me to give this message here this morning. Because as at now, you are here. You are listening to this message. It is not too late. But if you delay, what will happen? It could be too late. It could be too late. In 2 Kings chapter 13, from verse 14 to verse 21, we see the story of Elisha. Elisha at the gate of death. Elisha at the gate of death. Elisha was falling sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And the king of Israel came unto him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon him. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite Syrians in Africa, till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. He said to the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote how many times? Thrice. And stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him. God will not be angry with you. Amen. I said, God will not be angry with you. Amen. This man was expected to strike the ground as many times as possible, but he only struck how many times? Three times. And some of us are here today. You have struck three times and you say, Well, I've tried. I'm stopping there. But that man. Because he struck only three times. God desired to give Israel permanent victory upon the Assyrians. They never got that permanent victory. Because it got to a point that he felt, I have done enough. And many of us are here this morning. We think we have done enough. Whereas we've done nothing. Tell somebody you've done nothing. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed. Tell your neighbor you've done nothing. They say it is not over until what? Until it's over. Don't, don't short-circuit what God wants to do for you because of your spiritual laziness. Many of us are spiritually what? We are spiritually what? We are spiritually lazy. It is not too late, but it can be too late. It can be too late. Where do you stand in the vineyard of God? What are you doing for God? I remember that song. What have you done for him lately? Yeah, what have you done for him lately? If I were to ask each one of us that song, what have you done for him lately? Between you and God, will you, have, will you be able to tell him anything at all? It is not too late. But it can be too late. If it's not going to be too late, you've got to make sure you sit up. Tell somebody, sit up. Sit up. This is the 11th hour. It is the 11th hour. It is the hour that maybe men have given up on you. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Maybe you've only struck three times and you think I've done enough. 
But you know you can do more. I know that for everybody present here today, you can do more. True or false? Yes. Tell somebody you can do more. Tell the person, I can do more. The more that you can do is what you've got to sit up and do before it becomes too late. Like they tell us, there's an adage where I come from that says, there is a time to abuse the body. Uh, am I interpreting it correctly? <laughs> exactly, you're in the spirit. There is a time you can subject the body to all manners of pressures, exertions, activities, and all that. There will come a point in time that you want to, but you cannot. Yes, you want to, but you cannot. Now that you can, what are you doing? You are the only one that knows winter cold. That's all you care about. It's cold. It's an excuse for everything. If the people that started civilization in this place, if that was their excuse, will you have any place to live today? If everybody's excuse is cold, it's cold, it's cold. And do you know, brethren, it is the cold that makes our skin to shine. Is that not so? It is this cold that makes our skin to shine. And then you are complaining, it's cold, it's cold. And you think it's an excuse for you to do nothing. Be careful. Before it becomes too late. I told you, my message today is a warning to someone. I don't know who the person is. You think you've done enough. You've not done enough. You've not done enough. Even to Elisha. Elisha had to, the Bible says, in verse 20 of the passage we were reading, verse 20. And Elisha died and they buried him. Amen? He died and they buried him. And the Bible said the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that behold, they spied a band of men and they cast the man into the sepulchre of Elisha. And when the man was laid down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. We look at this and we say, oh, Elisha was so anointed that his bones raised the dead. It wasn't God's one that it is his bone that should be raising the dead. It's Elisha that should be doing what? It is the living Elisha that should be raising the dead. Hey, somebody would be this afternoon. We normally, there's something that people say that, I mean, that when I die, I want to die empty. You know what that means? I should have achieved everything I'm supposed to achieve. I should have done all that I'm meant to do. Not to die full of excuses and unfulfilled dreams. And many of us, because we are not concerned about the things of God, we end up not fulfilling our personal ambition. Because the Bible says, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every other thing shall be added unto you. It is not too late, brethren, but it can be too late. Except you make the right decision and begin to move rightly in the things of God. Elisha was supposed to use his anointing when he was alive. Not for his dead bone to be raising the dead. 
God will help you. Amen. Somebody does not like that prayer. I say, God will help you. Amen. You will not fail God. Amen. Look at what the father of Reuben did to him. The Bible says he waited until he was about to die. In Genesis 49, 3 to 4. Look at the wonderful things that this man said about Reuben. Genesis 49, 3 to 4. He said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn. Thou art my might. You are the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity. The excellency of power. Then, I mean, I don't know, I don't know wonderful words to say to someone. He, he was, he truly knew, he accepted him as his firstborn, even though Reuben was not the, the, the child of, of Rachel, but the child of Leah. But look at verse 4. He said, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. He said, Because thou went up to thy father's bed, then defied thou it. He went up to my couch. From the time that Jacob knew, this is the next time we are told he said anything about it. It was to pronounce judgment. And once the judgment was pronounced, he finished blessing all the children, put his legs on his bed, and did what? And died. It was too late for Reuben to repent. Go through the Bible. Nothing significant came out of the tribe of Reuben. Nothing, no, no, no one significant. And you know what? When they started carrying the children of Israel away to captivity, which tribe did they first carry away? It is the Reubenites. It was the first in everything bad. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. It is not too late. But it can be too late. If you continue to say it does not matter in the things of God. If you continue to say that, well, the sin I've committed, it doesn't matter, everybody does it. When it's your time and you stand before God, nobody will stand with you. Your husband will not stand with you. Your wife will not stand with you. Your children will not stand with you. You will stand by yourself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And concerning you, is that the book is opened or what? Or the books are open. There is a book that is called the book of life. Will your name be found written in the book of life? Nobody is answering me. Will your, no, it's a question. It's not a prayer. Will your name be found written in the book of life? Some people are not sure. Yes. You are in church today for a reason. No? I ask you that question again. Will your name be found written in the book of life? Yes. <laughs> if you know anything that will make your name not to be written in the book of life, make sure you settle it with God today before you leave this place. Because the Lord is warning someone here today that as at now, it is not too late. But it could be too late. It could be too late. Unless you settle it with him. It could be too late because you, it doesn't mean you are going to die tomorrow. You are not going to die. Don't be afraid. But for the rest of your life, you may not hear this type of message again. But it's recorded. It's recorded. 
that you are here today. And because you are here today, God changed my sermon so that I can tell you it is not too late, but it could be too late. Reuben's father waited until it was too late for him. And the history of Reuben is there for us to see. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with your mind. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom. In the grave, without our goest. I want to remind us that the Lord spoke to us a few weeks ago that this church is a church of millionaires. Amen. Maybe some of us think it's just a word spoken to make somebody happy. I know it, and I receive it. And I receive it. But I want to remind us also that those millionaires could be raised in house, or they could what? Or they could come from outside. The trust is yours. He said that God will raise you and I to be the millionaires he wants to use for his work. Or he will say, these people are not ready. But I want to do my work. And he begins to bring them from outside. What's your choice? Do you want God to use you or do you want him to use others? It is not too late for you to make up your mind and say, Lord, I'm available. Do what? Use me. It's not too late. But if you keep Hold him back and not being available unto him. It may be too late. One of the things we learn in our workers in training is that a worker must be faithful. A worker must be what? Available. A worker must be teachable. Faithful, available, teachable. If your anointing is flowing like the river Jordan and you are not available, nobody sees you, you are useless. Very useless. Because the anointing is meant to rub on others. It's meant to touch others. It's meant to impact the lives of others. But you are not available to be used of God. Tell somebody you will not be useless. No, I didn't say I. I said tell somebody you will not be useless. So who don't want you to tell them they will not be useless? Tell the person, I will not be useless. God will find you faithful. God will find you available. God will find you teachable and useful. In Jesus' name.